wide for some soccer! Welcome everybody to a very special edition of Soccer Group Chat. This is the final episode of 2020. And because of this, we have a million people on our show. Every single listener we have is also guesting on today's episode. Uh, so we have myself, we have Adrian, we have Hope, eventually we'll have Nick Gill. We also have three new people today. Uh, we got Adian Fanny, Sari Adian, as you would call him, uh, live from Albania. We have Conlon Prasad Jones, live from somewhere in Vermont. Uh, we'll have Adrian's brother, Richard Beatty, from somewhere in Waterloo or wherever the fuck he's from. Uh, and the way we're going to do today's episode is basically we're going to wrap up 2020. Everyone's going to pick their fun, their favorite moment, favorite thing that happened this year in footy. And then everyone's going to launch into a bold prediction. So that's a little rundown of the episode. Uh, first, let's meet the new people. Uh, Adian, Conlon, how are you guys? Doing all right. How are you? I'm well. I'm doing pretty well. Um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's good to be on the show. Um, uh, I'm surprised you're on the 97th episode. Is that like just a, a kind of like a joke? Um, but if it's yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. It's it's nice to see you guys um, shoot the shit with some with some footy, um, and we'll see what uh, like best points been the year. This is a kind of crappy year, to be honest. Well, Addy and. Uh... Let's find some some glimmer of pleasantry or some good stuff in that in this crappy year. So, what's your top moment? Like, what did you most enjoy about the year in footy? Putting you on the spot. Oh, That's what shit. we do yeah, on soccer enough. group chat. Uh, yeah, no, no worries. Um, so, I think I was, I was saying this just earlier when we were like uh, chatting a bit. So, um, I'm a fan of AC Milan. Always have been for a very long time. Um, and from 2013 onwards, they've been a banter team. So they've been always been out of like top six. Um, however, this past 2020, since the uh, pandemic happened, they've returned back extremely strongly. So they've been unbeaten in Serie A since uh, for about 22, 23 games now. Um, and they were unbeaten aside from a 3-0 loss to Lille, which still kind of bugs me. Um, but overall, it's been, it's been like an excellent year to be uh, a fan of AC Milan, generally where they're at. Uh, they signed Ibra, which has been like a revelation. Weird, weird, weird one. He's like 40, he's 39. Um, and he's been crushing it in Serie A, kind of uh, been like a, a driving point. They're playing as a team. <laughs> Hope oh, is holding up an AS yeah. Roma scarf. Fair enough. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm, uh, fair enough. I get it. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been an excellent year to be like a fan of AC Milan. Uh, they're doing really well. They're playing like a team. I think a lot of like players are fulfilling their potential. So overall, I think that's like the, my best Point. It's, it's a joy to watch their games now and it, it, it isn't like you don't have to drown yourself in a, in a drink and in sorrow every time you see them draw or lose just a shitty small time team so it's 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 that's been like a high point of my year in football finally they're back right it's been yeah. so long since like 2005 or whenever they were you know amazing last yeah when they were yeah when they were last yeah yeah it's been a while and uh personally i, I don't know much about syria uh but have the uh donna rumors quieted down is he still <laughs> um, is he still so, looking to leave or, or no things? no i think i think the fact that they're doing well i think he wants to stay um he's still getting paid shitloads of money though for like being a i think he got five mil when he was 20 um which is excessive i think for goalkeepers he's like top 10 paid um i think they're gonna renew him hopefully for longer because he's been he's, he has like it's two-year renewals for a while 
Um, so he, they're, they're hopeful. I think he wants to stick around. He like enjoys the team. Um, so shortly, I guess, uh, probably at like seven mil, they're going to renew him. Um, unfortunately, Rayola is his agent, which can be a right prick when he wants to. Good for, I mean, excellent for players. If I was, a, if I was like a, one of his clients, I mean, naturally he gets a lot of players who are being gifted and, and, and just bleeding money from clubs. But uh, no, he's, I, I think he's going to sign. I think, I think they're doing fairly well. We do need some for, reinforcements, so. but so does every team. Though. Do you think they have a realistic shot at the Scudetto this year, or is it still Juve's until further no, notice? It, it's, it's definitely not Juve's. I think Juve under Pirlo have been like a very off team. They're, like, they're drawing with like shitty clubs. I think, I think he's out of, uh, like with Pirlo, he's kind of out of his element. So I don't think Juve's winning it. There's no chance Juve's winning it. I think it's... Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a bold prediction just for Serie A. I'm going to say AC Milan has a chance. However, our, like, our, our bench depth is not very good. So we've drawn the past two games because we, like, no, we have no natural goal scorers aside from Ibra, which is weird because he's older and he's getting injured and he's been out for a while. Um, so I think that's an issue where like, our last two games, defenders have scored. So it's, it's kind of like, like when Newcastle was at one point where, where it's like, where like Shar was – was just popping up and 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 scoring headers out of nowhere, um, but yeah. So I don't I don't I don't think I mean we're unbeaten so far, which is nice. But I think it's I would I would say I hate to say, but I think Inter favorites they have good like they have good bench depth and they're always like they're at this point they're one behind, one point behind us. And I, I want to say Roma might have a chance. They're playing really well. That that's like that's like a random one off prediction uh, where I think they might they might be closer than you think. So would you say your bold prediction for 2021 is Inter w- wins the Scudetto or do you have Possibly. an even I mean, bolder actually, prediction? Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb and just say Roma, possibly. Just because I'm not, yeah. I mean, naturally I want AC Milan to win. They're, they're still undefeated and they're still top of the league. But if they don't win it, I'm, 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 I'm going to make a bold prediction that Roma might go for it. They're playing really well. I just want to jump in and say, Addy, close to your heart, you should be cheering for AS Roma um, because <laughs> up-and-coming Albanian defender Mirash Kumbula yeah, yeah, true. has appeared in eight matches for Roma and has been fantastic. Absolutely, he scored against <laughs> he scored against AC Milan when they played, and it was like I was I was so conflicted about it. Yeah, just him. I was like, God damn, I'm proud, but at the same time, I'm pissed. <laughs> him coming back. <laughs> <laughs> him, him coming up for uh, in the back line for them, and then the rebirth yeah. of Henrik Mkhitaryan. <laughs> Roma. Forget about Mike. Forget yeah. about Mike. Yeah, you know, Milan's a good small. story, but we'll see yeah. what happens. It's it's a weird thing where like a lot of Premier League players are doing really well in Serie A. I think it just fits like the slow pace, a lot of passing, like the physicality of Prem. So it works with a lot of players that weren't doing too well in terms of like goal scoring chances. Where in Serie they have more time to think, more time to be like creative. So I think that's, that helps them. Like a lot of like young who's older is still playing well for Inter, even though he's not, he's not playing as, as much this year as he did last year. But it's, it's a, a lot of like, um, a lot of Premier League players do well, which is kind of cool. Adian, we'll have to get you on for a full Serie Adian edition of the show eventually coming up in 2021. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Ashley Young. You mentioned yeah. the Prem. Uh, for the first time on this podcast, we have a Manchester United fan in our midst, which is great because we spend half of every episode talking about Manchester United. Uh, Conlon, how are you? What is your top moment of 2020? 
Yeah, I've been a proud bandwagoner since back when United used to be consistently good. And now it's, we don't know what we're getting every you know, game to game or week to week. But I'd say my, my moment of this year would have been, I think the whole game, but specifically McTominay's goal against City back in the Derby in March. I think um, also j- just for how it was the third, I think the third time we had beat City that season like the previous season, but it was also the final game before the lockdown. So um, the combination of the goal flying in in the last minute from almost half field, because Ederson, one of the most overrated keepers in the world, ran out of his net, (laughs) cleared the ball right to McTominay, one touch, put it in over him. It it was just, it was a great moment. I was at Dog and Bear, so I was able to, you know, enjoy a game in public for the last time in – but we're up on uh, like set 10 months, months almost, nine months. So yeah, just, just seeing that fly in, having to, having people around you celebrating and then immediately two days later, just knowing that wasn't going to happen again for the foreseeable future. So in retrospect, that, that would be my moment. And it, it sort of was representative of how they were doing at the time, like actually improving, scoring goals, not being painful to watch. And ended up uh, coming through at the end of the season, at least, even if it wasn't pretty. For those who don't know, Conlon keeps Dog and Bear in business. He is the he <laughs> keeps that establishment afloat. Uh, it's the, a, a pub on Queen Street in downtown Toronto that we all miss a lot. Tables are sticky, but also the floor. Everything's kind of sticky, honestly. Well, Colin, we were hoping but, to have them as a sponsor, but now we've called them a <laughs> sticky, sticky pub and they'll never support us financially um, like they, we they, do to them. They, they yeah. know. That's, the that's not Colin something you would me, overlook. The bit with Colin reminds you of that Simpsons episode where uh, Homer keeps buying hot dogs from his vendor. And he's like, you're keeping <laughs> my, my kids, kids through college. <laughs> that's, a, that's the whole thing with like dog and bear. <laughs> it's a good breakfast. Yeah, no, it is. So, Conlon, your thoughts on Manchester United this year then, since we, we talk about them a lot. I think we, we talk about Bruno Fernandes, we talk about Pogba, we talk about VAR. How do you feel about how this season's going and the Pogba rumors and Fernandes and how good he's been um, and everything like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for anyone, it's been plain to see that it's a bit up and down. Pogba's got to be one of the most frustrating players in the world because he's not yeah I'll, I'll touch on him before i get to bruno because i only have good stuff to say there but uh, I'm, I'm not one of the ones that i don't mind if a player wants to go somewhere else uh we knew hazard for example wanted to leave chelsea and go to madrid for what like three seasons and it the fact that he publicly wants to go isn't the problem it would be that he would be putting in he wouldn't be putting in consistent performances and then would still be coming out with all the stuff about leaving. At least Hazard was, you know, carrying the team through long stretches. But then, I mean, I know it was against Sheffield, but you take a game like yesterday and you look ha- you look what he can do. Just, you know, one of the only players that will just find those no-look passes or those cross-field balls that nobody, even Fernandez doesn't go for the long ball to the same degree that he does. So it's, it's a better team with Pogba in it, even – if he's not at his best or not, not his most consistent. I will say he's been trying, he's been doing less of the frustrating 
stuff where he loses the ball, throws a fit, and doesn't track back. He's been working harder recently. I still think he's going to go in the summer if anyone can afford him. I'd rather have him in the team than getting rid of him. It doesn't seem like the players dislike him, and if he's not causing problems in the locker room, I know everyone says, like, I'll just get him out of there. It's not worth the trouble. It's like, no, it's not my money. Keep him in the team until he want, until he goes, I think. But I think the team overall is uh, in a decent place, all things considered. I mean, above, che- above Chelsea with a game in hand, win that game in hand, um, and they'll be just behind Liverpool. And I oh. hope that game in hand is played soon, by the way, because I'm sick of saying, like, well, if you take this game in hand, we'll be this high up the table. But hopefully sometime in January, they'll actually come through. And we'll probably lose to Burnley or whoever that game is against. But How, how far do you think, man, you are from a title challenge? Uh, how long is left in the season? Five, five months? Five and a half months? Uh, uh, do you think that's how long? you think We're we have a chance of winning it this year? Because we have a chance of winning it this year. Oh, okay. I didn't catch on there. <laughs> is, is that is that your bold prediction for 2021? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer comes away with some form of silverware? I can be bolder. No, I, I think... Uh, I, I think, think that's United pretty bold. Good, it, it is pretty bold. I, I mean, you look at any any of these teams, cities and cities an inconsistent mess. Every team is inconsistent. Even Liverpool hasn't been... Not great. I would still say Liverpool is probably the favorite, but. Colin, can I ask you a quick question? Yes. You're just talking, I just want to backtrack. You're talking about Paul Pogba um, and him wanting to leave and you're okay with him wanting to leave. And you just compared him to Eden Hazard, who obviously wanted to leave Chelsea for a number of years, but he stuck around a little longer uh, than expected. Um, But as Eden Hazard left Chelsea with, two Premier Leagues, one FA Cup, and one League Cup. Whereas Paul Pogba uh, is still at Manchester United. He won one Premier League in 2011, which you could say he probably wasn't even the main piece on that team, and two Carling Cups. Europa League, Community Shield. Um, oh Well, we don't do Charity Cups. Charity Cups don't really matter. Um and so you're talking about Paul Pogba, you're okay with him wanting to leave, but Manchester United already had him, and then they let him leave, and then they bought him back for X shocking amount of dollars. Why is this okay at Manchester United? Does Manchester United no longer care about the culture that they built from the establishment of the Premier League? They just have these players coming in and out because they have the money, especially these kids that were apparently committed to them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because, like, we've been trying to get Colin on the show for so long, and Hope's just decided to savage. <laughs> so, Colin, how do you answer these charges that you're clearly personally responsible for? I'm not. I'm not. I can't sit here and defend United's transfer policy in a lot of ways, but I mean, I, I don't know. I think it, it all it comes down to is that, regardless of him publicly wanting to go regardless of not winning as much as ha- as hazard has regardless of all the bs that uh Rayola is constantly spouting to the media it's a better team with him in it so i don't i don't necessarily care how much we're paying him right now which isn't relatively for united that much so what united you wanna... don't have to play for the badge anymore it's not about playing for the badge it's just about well, getting I'm... the result and the money can make up the difference no i think he is 
because United is soccer as, culture to a lot of people. As long they, as he gives it his all, that's which he hasn't always been doing. But I think in a couple of recent games, he's been putting in more effort. And it, when he's putting in more effort and actually playing the way he can, it's a much better team. And I want the team to win. So until he leaves, which I'm sure he will, I'd rather have him in it. That, I think that's the only thing, regardless of like what he says or what he wants to do, if he if he gives it his all and performs at least semi-consistently, I'd prefer to have him in the team than playing for someone else. But that's it's, I'm not saying he always does that because he definitely hasn't. There was a reason he wasn't starting at the beginning of this season or um, at least like kind of midway through where we are now, but he, he's only, he's one, nobody else on the team can do a lot of the things that he does. So I'd prefer to have him. Obviously it'd be nice if he could win something. That's not a, not like the Mickey mouse treble like that one year, but ho- hopefully, I don't know, hopefully he can get something out of it before, uh, before he inevitably fucks off to Juve or, PSG or Madrid or wherever. So one good game out of every three games for Paul Pogba is better than, you know, giving Donny van de Beek regular, regular playing time who you invested 20 plus million pounds into. Well, Pogba's a better player than van de Beek. I think. Oh, not on every day. You said he doesn't, no, he doesn't but, always put it in. No, well, I also, and that's the thing. If he doesn't, if he doesn't put in the effort, which he wasn't, at parts of the season, he did get dropped. Also, Van de Beek wasn't playing either, which that's a whole nother it's a whole nother matter about whether he should be playing more if Pogba's not. But I think the problem with Van de Beek is his best position is where Fernandez plays, and mm. he's really our only undroppable player at this point. So Okay, yeah. I mean you dodged yeah. the question about uh Manchester United culture and playing for the badge, but that's fine. That's okay. If he puts in the effort that's playing for the bad and he hasn't always, but if he can, if he does that, I'd still rather have him here. So, I mean, until he leaves, I just hope he does something. I just hope he does good stuff, but yeah, I think it's clear for anyone to see that Fernandez came into the team. And even if they don't play the same position, had that immediate impact that Pogba there, that consistent impact, I should say that Pogba didn't always have. Yeah. Consistent pens. Yep. Hope you've put on the Pep Guardiola press on Conlon for way too long. Uh, you're going to relegate him from the show at this rate. So it's time for you to put your Sean Deitch hat on and absorb some of the pressure. And uh, so now it's your turn for your top moment of 2020. Um, oh, my top moment of 2020. Like, I can't rightly praise a team like Chelsea for coming third place. You know what I mean? Like, sure, they had a transfer ban. Came fourth. Fourth, yeah, my mistake. Fourth, fourth place with a transfer ban and playing with children. Colin's Versus- back in the prem. Let's go. Colin, <laughs> Colin's back in the prem. Colin's back in the prem. Um, no, I'm going to curve away from that. As much as I like the kids at Chelsea, I don't want to give them too much credit just for one season of being forced to play. Um. No, I want to talk about um, Alfonso Davies is probably the most exciting thing in soccer, personally, because he's Canadian, uh, that I've seen in a super, super long time. Like, it's not that he just came from the MLS. 
and went to Europe. He came from the MLS and went to Bayern Munich. Debatably one of the best teams in the world, possibly the best team in the world. Didn't just go there to sit on the bench, took a couple weeks, and then was a bona fide starter at left back, displaced David Alaba, who not they didn't take him off left back, they just shifted him to center back, and was was crucial to them winning or having all their success throughout the season. Um, I can't think of a Canadian athlete who burst on athlete, not just soccer, athlete that burst onto the scene at that level in that span of time. Now, of course, he he had an injury. He didn't start off well this season. Um, but my God, like what a player, what a story. Yeah, he's got to be in, he's got to be my top moment, just his whole journey throughout the last season. I'm so happy you brought up Alfonso Davies because for a soccer podcast hosted by a bunch of Canadians, we really don't talk about him enough. <laughs> and you're 100% right with, you know, his meteoric rise and the fact that he was named to that FIFA Pro uh, best 11 um the first canadian i believe ever to do that mm-hmm. uh which is absolutely amazing first conca calf i believe not yeah. just canadian like and how, how amazing is it for a canadian to be a starter on Bayern munich who i would agree with you is the best team in the world right now until someone proves otherwise right it's, it's not incredible. just like it's not just pace, not just power. Like I said, it's the story too. Like a ton of kids, like people don't realize because you know not all of them make it through. Probably Christian Pulisic is the most uh, famous example recently. But oh wait, no, I take it back. Christian Pulisic didn't go through the MLS. Alfonso Davies didn't go to Europe at 12 years old. Alfonso Davies was a refugee to Canada at 12 years old, and then found like found a love for soccer and then went through Whitecaps Academy. Whitecaps are horrible, by the way. Whitecaps are a terrible MLS team. But somehow they had a 30 million pound player on their team. And, and he just he just broke through. I just I just hope that it, it's not a flash in the pan. I hope it's not just one season of brilliance. I think Bayern Munich is not the team where you can just get in off of, you know, a freaky run of games. Yeah, you have to be consistent to to stay on in that squad yeah i think that's the the biggest reason why he'll develop is there's so much there's no pressure there's no responsibility on him uh to move forward you can't just build off of like you can't just sit back and relax at a team like Bayern. too much money they're too successful you don't want to end up at crystal palace in 10 years you know (laughs) and the other thing the other thing about alfonso davies is is that you have north american players go to the bundesliga a lot because I think there's this attitude of, of like North American players are, are very physical. Uh, they're pretty technical. They can be pretty technically good. Uh, they have maybe a good attitude, but they maybe don't have that like tactical knowledge and, and sort of an understanding of the game on the same level as Europe, where there's such a culture or South America, where there's such a culture uh, around football. But then you see Alfonso Davies like, uh, he set up a goal. I think it was his goal against Barcelona where it's not just that he like skins players. It's not just that he bursts past them with, with pace and skill. It's that he makes really good decisions about when he releases the ball, where he puts it into the box. Um, and that bodes really well that, you know, not only is he just um, have the tools to sk- carry out these things, he's also developing the mentality to use those tools in the best possible way. Uh, yeah, I, 
I can't believe we haven't talked about him at all in our 92 <laughs> episodes because <laughs> he's just so, so exciting as a player and especially because he's Canadian. Yeah. And the crazy thing about him is that uh, you mentioned that, uh, Hope I mentioned that, you know, he, you, if you're Davies, you don't want to be stuck at Palace in 10 years, uh, which I completely agree with, by the way. And honestly, like, if I'm wrong, tell me, but I feel like we all thought that, you know, he'd, Byron would sign him, they would buy him and then send him out on loan to a team like Palace for a few years to develop enough to, to eventually work up and get the experience to get into that squad. But he just, you know, he marched his way in there right away and, and took his place there for a year, which is insane. Does anyone remember if he got his break into the team under, uh, was it Kovac or did he have to wait until he got fired and it was Flick that took over? Cause I know he played a lot of last season, but I just, I can't remember if he was sort of on the fringes and then came in with the new manager or had already started becoming kind of a name on the team sheet. At the very least, like his most significant run was under, under the new manager anyways. Um, it's clear he would have, would have gotten into the team under either manager. So it doesn't really yeah. matter. I agree. Where, Hope, a question for you, where do you think he should play for Canada? <laughs> Because I know we've seen, we saw the one game in person where he played on the wing against the U.S. and unfortunately just tore them apart. And then we watched the other one on TV where um, I think what the, I'm blanking on the guy's name. The Herdman. Who's John Hordman. Yeah. John Herdman. I think he saw that, oh, Davies is playing so well as a fullback. So he moved him to fullback and it was just completely useless. Because I just Canada didn't have the attack to compensate for not having Davies on that end of the field. So where should he play when he's playing for Canada? I just want to point out. I think can the Canadian now. Please let's do some research one day and not just come in here blind like we usually do. <laughs> but I think the Canadian men's national team and John Herdman might be the first example of a national women's coach getting a promotion to the less successful men's team of their country. <laughs> um, obviously, I greatly disagree with with uh, Alfonso Davies being played at left back for Canada. I mean, like, you see a lot of players play out of position, per se, with their countries because, like, they're, they're missing pieces in certain areas of the field. David Alba doesn't play in the back line for Austria. He plays at center midfield. He plays in attacking roles because Australia or Austria, sorry, like doesn't have, well, that many players of his quality uh, on on the pitch. Exactly. You need him on the ball. So I hope Alfonso Davies will play on the wing going forward. Um, Him and David in the one match that we saw against uh, the United States linked up fantastically, especially with a center forward ahead of them. I think it was Cavallini or Kyle Laren. Um, but yeah, Canada is famously not a strong soccer team. They're going to be co-hosting a World Cup in a while, and I hope that they have a manager that's intelligent enough that can help them qualify on their own merit and not just get there because they're a host. Um, yeah. So so we'll see. For me, Alfonso Davies is an attacking player. In every interview I've seen of him and his future, he's always talking about being an attacker. I don't think he's a left back. Um, it's the most attacking left back I've ever <laughs> I've seen in a long time. So hopefully his future's on the wing. I can't wait. I can't wait for 2026. I know Canadians can't wait for 2026. Uh, while we were talking about Alfonso Davies, we have another special guest who jumped in. Uh, another Newcastle fan, 
uh, there was a little Newcastle celebration party going on in the background of this Canada soccer chat, which was great. We were going to go to Adrian next for his moment, but since Richard Beatty joined us, uh, let's hear from him. Richard, how are you? Welcome to the show, finally. You are muted. No, it's like he's not he's muted on Zoom. He's got some technical problem. Yeah, I, In the meantime, I'll just I have my backup mute. Oh. I, I got my backup mute on my headset so that when I'm on work calls, so I go to take a piss. I like mute myself on the call, but just in case they unmute, like force unmute me, I've still got my like mechanical unmute. Uh, so they can't hear me in the washroom. But yeah. That's, anyways, I was that's saying professional. That's, yeah, that's how you do it. It sucks when you like, they call you out and you have to say something. You got to stop midstream to, to like chime into the meeting. That makes things a bit awkward and they can't hear anything, but they could still hear you know like the echo of the room i think i think they know where i'm at where i am but like you can't just accuse someone of that either right so it's like this nice like social sort of like bind where they like richard fucking vd what's going on mate how's it going nick (laughs) fucking hell you've aged what are you wearing i'm wearing a mask i'm at work mate oh yeah how are the children yeah they're all i got no i got fucking muhammad salah's coming in 10 of them No, I'm being serious. Her last name is Salah. S-H-L-E-H. Kidnap them and become their agent. <laughs> Kidnap yeah. them and, and, like, train them. Yeah, I thought, fucking, I'll get the money, eh? Even though it's a legal party, fuck it. I don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. What are they going to do? What are they gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Warren Finest. So go ahead. I'm going to fuck. I need to make some money. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. What's going on with you, mate? Uh, not much. I was just explaining how to how to properly conduct yourself on a business call. <laughs> is that a liverpool mask yeah mate you know did you for that or did you, did you put it no in i got one i got one of my staff to get it for me i no. got like five of them do you t- what you make them pay for it i'm like oh yeah they want to stay on fucking job yeah <laughs> fucking business. no no she's got a connection so i was like fuck it let's get five of them she's got a, she's got a, got a hookup for masks yeah yeah that's uh that's what happens when you have indian zoo shit for you right eh? good Slave labor, it's all good. Oh, all right. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> there got a thorough introduction for both Richard and Nick. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Richard, what is your top moment from 2020 for football? And just I, I so, think... sorry, just so, just to go over what we've heard from so far, uh, we had Conlon with McTominay's goal against City, Adian with AC Milan finally being good again, and Hope said Alfonso Davies. So, if you have something different, that's good. If you have something the same, We'll talk oh, about the same yeah. thing twice because we have no structure. Shit. I know you I want think... to talk about McTominay's goal. Yeah, that's yeah. For some reason, I don't give a shit about Scott McTominay. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I was thinking about it. Let's really... talk about Newcastle, which everyone cares exactly. about. <laughs> no, I think the the highlight would probably be uh, COVID happening and soccer stopping, so I didn't have to fucking watch Newcastle lose every week. Save me a lot there of mental a, anguish. There was a brief, there was a brief hope that COVID would help Newcastle to to win the jankiest FA Cup in the like existence. Yeah. When we thought it was going to go to the team with the most goals, and because Newcastle had to play crappy teams twice, we had yeah. a bunch of goals. We had more goals in the competition than Man City. Yeah, it's true. It was it was going around Newcastle Twitter was, uh, if the if the tournament stops, technically it goes to. Uh, whichever team scored the most, which, like Adrian said, would have been Newcastle, because I think we played like who was it? Like I don't know, not more. Did it play, but it, Mansfield. A team, 
yeah, man, we had to play Mansfield twice, so we scored a shitload against them both games and conceded a bunch. So that would have been the highlight of 2020, winning the jammiest FA Cup ever won. But no, I think, yeah, COVID stopping soccer was pretty good for me. It, it, it saved me a lot of mental anger from watching Newcastle all the time. Soccer starting up was also great because I realized that my life is pretty empty without soccer. And then Steve Bruce being asked by a reporter, uh, how was the break then? And he said, did, how's the bacon, did you say? Like, <laughs> like a fucking professional sports reporter would look at him and be like, this is a man who knows his bacon. And then asked, how was the bacon? Like, he thought that was a real possibility. Because you know bacon's on his mind all the time. So those are my moments. I, I basically hate everything that's happened on the soccer pitch, uh, watching Newcastle at least. So I, I live for these moments. You have a bold prediction heading into 2021? I think the Newcastle takeover will go through. We voted against the uh, recent uh, awarding uh, the TV rights to Qatar. We voted against that. The only team in the Premier League to vote against it. The Saudis, I think, are still in the background. I heard a rumor that they're going to just uh, mix it up so that it actually goes through a person instead of the like <laughs> sovereign wealth fund, So, which is basically what Qatar and, and uh, all those other you know, fuckers have done. Right, where it's like obviously owned by the state, but like technically not. So I think Saudi Arabia will just go that route. I think they'll pull it off. It's a real departure of your uh, your modern ownership group being owned by a person rather than a sovereign wealth fund. Yeah, exactly. What's uh, who's like the first player you'd expect to or want to sign for Newcastle? Julio Messi. Bought by an oil. <laughs> we know it's James Milner. <laughs> well, we already got Carroll back, so I mean, I don't know who's left really. No, I don't know. I don't really give a shit about the players. Like, I I'm, I actually like our squad. This is the best squad we've had in 15, or not 15 years. Best squad since 2015 under Pardew. Maybe yeah, even better than that squad in some ways. It's just the, you know, fucking Steve Bruce is the manager. If Rafa had this team, we'd be challenging for Europe easily. Because didn't, he didn't have players half as good as St. Maximan or Wilson. Like, I love Rondon, but he was no Wilson. Wilson had, uh, until yesterday, eight shots all season on target and seven goals. He can just finish. Rafa never had a proper finisher the entire time he was at Newcastle, except White Gale, right? So I, I don't really even care about players. I think we just need Rafa back. We need a training ground that doesn't have fucking garbage cans being used as ice baths. Like, it's, it's, it's you know, Ashley's turned Newcastle into more of a joke than it was before. That's what Man City fans said before 2008 as well. They were happy with the team and all that shit. And then, uh, <laughs> and then a bit of money changed it. That's what Chelsea fans, uh, if there were any, no offense, Christian, uh, before 2004 as well. You know, that's, that's what they all, money changes everything, mate. All right. Don't worry. <laughs> we all work here, I think. Yeah. I would, just say I you want to see. I, I would want to see the long staff stay. Like, yeah. I hope that yeah, they no, would that's... still get a fair shake. Give St. Max Man whatever he wants to stay. Give the Longstaffs whatever they need to stay. Although Shaw Longstaff's been trash lately. But I mean, you know, you know that Bruce is the type of manager who says, like, just go out there and run around, you know, get stuck in. You know, I think he needs the sort of guidance that Rafa was providing him. Um, but I'd like to see him stick around. I like the team. I like a lot of the players individually. I just fucking hate the owner and hate Bruce and don't, you know, Bruce is doing a disservice to the squad that he has. Yeah. Well, it's 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 so strange that Newcastle are not doing that bad because if you look statistically last year and this year, 
attacking, they're one of the worst in the league statistically. So yeah. like, like I think their expected goals are like better than only Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, not Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United. They're just, probably worse uh, than Sheffield Just Sheffield, Wednesday, I believe. Chris chance. Wilder prefers if you call him. Just, just this... Sheffield. Fuck Chris Wilder, all right? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to tag on to this because obviously, uh, you know, we're <clears> – <throat> We're both Newcastle fans, so my my top moment is also going to be Newcastle. I'm also going to pick something off the field because, uh, you know, I've watched Newcastle play. Um, but I, I'll say something a little more positive than Richard, uh, but something I'll probably agree with, where for me, it was signing both Wilson uh, and Frazier. Because I was, was like, that 2020? I don't know why we don't rate That's the That's 2019, wasn't more. it? No, that was yeah, this year. Yeah. Was that this year? Was it? Yeah, it was this year. It was this year. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because yeah, Bournemouth had to get relegated. Yeah, so actually signing the two players that I would most want from that squad um, yeah. was just great. And one of them can actually score. A striker who can them. actually score and actually wants to fucking win a game. Like, and he, the- he always works. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, so, so yeah, my moment is definitely the signing of, of Wilson and Fraser. And even just the fact that clearly Ashley's willing to depart from his idiotic transfer strategy of like only signing young players, like with quote unquote potential who then fucking rot in the reserves until they're have no value. Like Savai, I don't even know how to say his name because he never fucking plays is still playing technically for Newcastle in the reserves. Uh, But yeah, like, so signing Wilson, who's actually a proven player and actually proven goal scorer who's over 28 and costs like a fair bit of money. You know, compared to fucking Joe Linton, 40 million, just because he has, like, quote-unquote potential. I don't know. How many goals does he have now? Two? He's got, like, he's on track for, like, four whoa, goals whoa. this season. Two in the Prem, and he's yeah. got one against Morecambe. Doesn't he also uh, have, like, a, a pair so of assists as well? three in total. He's got some so, assists, yeah, but it's, it's like... It, every and, penny. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. People are like, oh, well, he's not really a striker. It's like, okay, well, why the fuck did we spend 40 million on him? Because we needed a striker. It's like, no, he plays, he's not a center midfielder. He's kind of like an attack midfielder, but not really. And like, even like his defenders just sound idiotic trying to, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. The, so the other thing is like, no, 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 no. I'm saying that that pundits like don't know what they're talking about when they talk yeah. about him too. Like I've heard more than one pundit say like, he's got, he's got goals wherever he's gone. No, he hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't. He played for Hoffenheim. That's like one of the only like established, like bigger, like, comparable to the prem leagues he's played in and he had like seven goals in 40 games he's not a goal scorer at all like and if you watch him take a shot he can barely he doesn't seem to be able to hit the ball properly he always passes it back or tries to slide it in in total (sighs) i would rather i do think like you have to use him because he's there but i'd rather just just fucking sell him to the glue factory break him down for parts (laughs) who are you talking about Joe, Joe Linton, Linton, obviously, Nick. You leave him alone, all right? He stays. So I love that. <laughs> and uh, I'll I'll say my 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 bold prediction uh, for this year is is Alan Kerbishley seems to think Joe Linton's name is Joe Linton. I, I did too. Uh, <laughs> and I think that my bold prediction is that he will never learn his real name. <laughs> Tim, I was watching Tim Sherwood on DAZN the other day, and he confidently predicted that West Brom will stay up and that they will give. Big Sam, whatever money he requires. And then 30 seconds later, he's like, 
the the host is like, so you think West Rom will stay up? He's like, oh no, 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 they're definitely going down. They're not going to give Big Sam the money. And it was like the quickest fucking complete reversal. I wish I had like taken a video of the clip. Wasn't that also off the back of like not long before? It was the is the corner for Liverpool and yeah. Tim Sherwood in the studio yeah. is just talking. Ah, this is gonna they're gonna share a point here. Yeah, what a prick. Yeah, Spurs have all the hype. Um, what's his name? The one that looks like Conlon. Ah, I forgot his name or just off the top of my head. Michael Chopra. <laughs> no, no, Firmino. Uh, Firmino. Right yeah, Firmino <laughs> headed in a goal. Tim Sherwood had a good like two straight hours of being wrong. They fired his ass, and he's still kissing their fucking. I know ass. it's pathetic. Hey, imagine getting fucking fired. All the fans make fun of you, and you still just lick their ass every fucking week on TV. Hey, he wants a job. Obviously, he wants to manage the youth academy or something. But if yeah. I'm a ma- if I'm a owner. Don't let him anywhere near a fucking club. Well, no every every single week he says, you know, I'm the one who first gave Harry Kane a start. So he, he oh, was yeah. taking credit for that. Yeah, um, well, Soldado but... was uh yeah, Soldado was fucking killing it at Tottenham under <laughs> <laughs> On this note, Nick Gill, you need no introduction. What's your top moment of twenty twenty? By the way, before that, where where the fuck was the link? I must have missed it. Where was the link? It was really high. Was in up. the chat. Yeah, it's in the chat somewhere. This is what this is, is production business. We could talk about it off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> who, who edits this, Nick? We, this is a lot. This is a locker room issue. So we'll deal with this in the locker room. We can't have these issues leaking out to the public. Okay, this is behind closed doors, and it got to, yeah. I edited locker room talk. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> the biggest highlight twenty twenty. Liverpool winning the Premier League, mate. It's the only one. It's Thirty years of pain, you know, seeing the. Uh, Seeing, uh, well, fucking Arsenal, Manchester United, then Chelsea, and then just when, uh, just when you think it was our time, then the fucking Arabs, Arabs came in for Manchester City, and then the one-off year when Leicester won it, and then Guardiola with the money again. I was like, and then, where, where? I, I was honestly thinking it was going to be like 10, 15 years, like when we won the Champions League and City pipped us to that. I never thought it would happen. And then going in all the way in for the first what? We were what? We were twenty-eight wins, one draw, zero losses. And then going into the COVID, I thought they were going to null and void the season. I honestly thought that. I was shit myself. Every day, just check the news every day, see what happened. And then you have Sadio Mane telling the press uh, he, was, he would understand it if Liverpool uh, missed out on the title. I was like, why the hell would you say that? You're giving them more ammunition now to, to the null and void merchants. But now Liverpool winning the league is the only significant thing. 30 years, I'm happy. We cannot win it for the next 20 years. I don't give a shit. Uh, whatever. We go. We can go trophyless now. I don't care. That's uh, that. W- that's the most important thing of my life so far. That's uh, well, that and staying open, keeping the businesses open. I like the how we've upgraded from top moment of 2020 to the most important moment of your life so far. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, the Premier League was the one. I've seen two Champions League titles, right? In o- Istanbul 05 and uh, Madrid 2019. But the Premier League, though, it was the big one. So and. Uh, yeah, that's the only significant thing. Fuck, fuck everything else. Don't give a shit. Okay, and uh, Bayern Munich winning the trail. Who gives a shit? Fuck all that shit. That's, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, what was your other question? You What's your 20- bold prediction for 2021? Van Dyke coming back. That's it. Nothing else. That's, that's, that's probably going to happen. That's a medical, <laughs> that's a medical <laughs> fact. <laughs> Van, Dyke, Van Dyke's right knee. That's all I give a shit about, all right? Any, any picture he's in, I'm just seeing how that right knee is. I, I got I'm a bold sure. prediction off that then. I think Van Dyke is never going to be the player he was, and uh, Liverpool are going to be fucked. I don't think he'll ever reach anywhere near the height that he was at, even though medical science has progressed. 
and you know players come back from bad injuries. How old is he? He's like in his thirties now, isn't he? Twenty nine. He's like twenty eight. Twenty eight. He's, he's old. He's past it. He's younger than me apparently, but yeah. he's basically dead. <laughs> That's all no. I can. No, no, I, I don't think fine. he'll be. The, he won't be half the player he was when he, before. No, That's no. He, I think I think he'll be fine. I've already watched the doctors and this shit on YouTube talking about the uh, ACL. <laughs> I've studied it all. I'm a fucking doctor now, all right? Because okay. he's good, but he does rely on his pace now and then, right? Especially with such a high line, and without that pace, all of a sudden he's got to change so many aspects of his game, right? No, it changes no, your no. positioning. It changes everything. Changes the way you approach it. Mate, you've been watching too many uh, Kieran Clark and uh, Fabian Kerr video today. That's uh, Van Dijk's a master of positional. No, that's the good thing about having such shit defenders is even if they get injured, there's really no noticeable difference. You'd be missing a fucking leg and they'd still be equally useless. This is uh, These are players Richard has about 50 minutes ago said that he really likes. He likes this squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I do. Probably, they're fucking so- useless. I can like them and they're fucking useless so when the arab when the arabs come you're happy with isaac hayden playing dm eh? is that, is that isaac hayden is genuinely one of the most underrated players in the premier league he should play for england people jizz themselves over fucking declan rice like he's the next coming of christ he's 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 literally just a fucking like is he irish i don't know why he's, he's, he's english he, he plays, for england. plays for england yeah but he's he's just you know he's like fucking yeah, I think him and Graylish are like the same situation. Irish until England came calling. Yeah, or I don't know. Anyways, he's Hayden is just as good as Rice, but Rice, you know, gets he's overhyped for whatever reason. I just saw Isaac Hayden on Wednesday he, against uh, Leeds. Wasn't he? He was playing right. He's played center back then, which is not a position. His uh, position. How many, or no, how he was center goals? center mid yeah. for that game. He was yeah. center back the week before. And okay, the... saw, saw so he is like running that through that midfield every minute. <laughs> They're just sprinting. They were just sprinting. So yeah, but that you got to put that down to the the complete tactical ineptitude of of Bruce. I think more than yeah. anything. Yeah. All right. So we'll see. But anyway, Liverpool twenty twenty, Van Dyke coming back twenty twenty one. That's uh, that's my thoughts. Do you have an actual bold prediction for us? Not just uh, something that hinges on medical. <laughs> like that. That's like me saying there will be a positive COVID case tomorrow in the city of Toronto. Bold prediction. I think, I actually think Liverpool could win the treble. I really do. That is they, bold. If we sign, if we sign uh, a good center back in, in, uh, in January with Thiago coming back, Ox coming back, Keita, I actually think the Champions League and uh, Premier League and I think the FA Cup. I really think so. We've got a good squad. But I'll take the double as well. I'll take the Premier League. And, and according to Mourinho, uh, Klopp is lying about injuries to get more rest for his players. And the only reason you do that is if you have multiple goals, like multiple trophies, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, well, you know, he didn't make a substitution against uh, Tottenham, right? He did. He did. And, but the thing is, there's a reason to that. Because the last person to not do it was Gerard Houllier in his last game. So it was kind of a tribute to Gerard Houllier. That's, that's why he did it. Well, that's what they're saying, and I, I'm just going with that, too. Imagine if you go down injured, and you're like, cop, sub, sub. He's like, no, no, we're trying to do a tribute right now. Uh, you're going to have to keep playing. I can't make a sub. <laughs> hey, listen, this whole Chris Walder fucking and his little minions against uh, the big – basically, it's the top 14 versus the bottom six when it comes to these substitutions. Just do five substitutions. You know what they should do starting January? Just say no you've got six. a concussion, and they'll give you a free substitution. That's what's going to happen. Up. That's what they said. Yeah. They might do that. and then. But if your team subs due to a concussion, the other team also gets to make an additional sub. 
There you go. We'll do it against Sheffield. We'll do it against Sheffield. Sub somebody off. Just send on somebody. You know, like fucking. I don't know. Karen Clark, and just tell him to go batter somebody so they get a concussion, and then you get your extra sub. There you go. Fucking, uh, that's, that's what you do. Start aiming for the head now. Just fucking go right in there. Exactly. Give yeah. him a David Luiz. Hey, have we talked about Sheffield United yet? And why? Well, before, the whole- before we do that, before we do that, let's finish what we're doing with these uh, best moments and bold predictions. We've got uh, host Nick, our other Nick, our Nick in the hole. Is, All right. uh, has got his. All right, so I have, I have one moment and I have two bold predictions. So my best moment and the one that sticks out most to me is kind of different from your guys, but I have this, I have this picture in my head, of it kind of it kind of relates to what Richard said about COVID shutting everything down, and I remember when they announced the Bundesliga was going to come back. I believe it was May twelfth. I remember waking up that Saturday morning just being so excited for just for something to watch. And I remember going downstairs and sitting on the couch next to my dad. Uh, I think it was Borussia Dortmund against Frankfurt. I forget the team they were playing. But uh, Erling Haaland scored a goal. And I have this image burned in my mind of the celebration of all the Dortmund players running over to the flag and doing this like social distanced celebration (laughs) where they weren't high-fiving, they weren't hugging, and there was no fans. And it was so weird. And just, it was such an encapsulation of like what was going on in the world. And it was, it was eerie and it was cool. And just the feeling that I had of, you know, watching soccer and sports in general, again, was amazing. Mm. So that was my, that was my top moment. Um, I, I want, I, I want to kind of go with Benteke maybe finding his form, but uh, again, that was only, it's been like two games. So can't go with that yet. Him scoring. Nick, it's been three years. Yeah, it's been it's been three years. He hasn't been able to score, and he scored in back to back games. And now he's trying back heels, and it's amazing. But I I can't go with that yet because it's too small of a sample size. Uh, and then my my bold predictions for 2021. The first one is that this podcast will get a sponsor. So let's go. That's number one. And number two is that Wilf is finally going to move, and I'm going to pick a team. And that team going back to I. Wilf is going to go to Germany and he's going to go to Dortmund. I think he fits in with that team. That's no my way. extremely bold prediction. Oh, no, no. He won't discuss. Nobody, nobody wants him. He's past it for the amount of money that he wants. Where's, where's nowhere? He can't go anywhere in the top six. He may as well just stay at Palace mid table. He can you go know, to Arsenal. Unless he wants to be, huh? Arsenal. They're not top six. Uh, small. If he might go to a small team like Arsenal, then. Yeah. They love paying for overrated uh, players like. William, for example, they got him on like how much now? A free 220 a week, 220,000 a week for a fucking 30, 33 year old or something. How old is he? That's like it's a yeah, it's a three year contract, too. Did they give him three or two? Yeah, they gave him three. Chelsea offered one, and then after when they came back from COVID, he had some good form, so they offered two, but he really wanted three. And Arsenal's (laughs) Arsenal got their guy. I mean, it wasn't like Pepe was setting the world alight <laughs> last year. <laughs> Sam, I thank God they got an upgrade over Nicholas Pepe. <laughs> yeah. Just dribble the ball into other players' feet. Uh, after after Nick's, uh, you know, really kind of like emotional best moment of, you know, all the Dortmund flags going over the corner flag, I do want to change my best moment, uh, which I think was 2020. My best moment is when 
Matt Ritchie kicked a corner flag and it yeah. hit a fan in the nuts. <laughs> That's true. That that I, I will also change mine to that. Because N- Matt Ritchie was abusing flags well before Vardy made it cool. And he'd always fucking boot the flag and it just flying so gracefully through the air, twirling. And there's a Newcastle fan just celebrating arms in the air, legs spread, and just the flag <laughs> twirling straight into his dick. It was phenomenal. Actually, I might change mine again to the time the Newcastle fan, uh, when we scored the FA Cup against some shit team. I forget who it was. Like, I don't know. So in the FA Cup, do you remember which team? When St. Maximan scored a great goal and the fan whipped out his dick and started helicoptering <laughs> on the sidelines. <laughs> and then uh, allegedly what I heard got banned for life. Which, like, when you think about it, the amount of, like, racist abuse you hear about in the Premier League, and they give him slaps on the wrist. A man just wants to express his joy via his flaccid penis spinning in circles. How is that the issue here? Focus on the racism. Let the flaccid penises fly. And then St. Max a man uh, retweeted a video of it as well. And was like, <laughs> like I think with little helicopter emojis and stuff. <laughs> It was great. Yeah, Steve Maximan is an absolute legend on Twitter. The only place he's better than on the wing is is on the internet. Yeah, yeah he loves to fuck around, eh? On social media, I've seen him, bro. He's, he's hilarious. That's great. He's hilarious. I think, we, I think we have the new tagline for this for this podcast. Soccer group chat. Focus on the racism. Let the flaccid penises fly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I think oh, no. the logo's in place as well. Why is it called the soccer group chat? I thought... Because that's what it be- is. Shouldn't that's what it be this, this is. But the, what's the name of our soccer group chat? Have you ever discussed that? Soccer the group friends. The name of the, the soccer, super soccer group chat. Friends. Yeah, we're the super soccer friends. I think that's a way better name. The the flying flaccid penis. <laughs> flying flaccid, flaccid penis friends. Also for context, like I know it's the first time for three of our, our guests here. The first time we had Nick Gill and Hope on, we were like, okay, guys, uh, just like keep keep the bad language a little under wraps like you can say it here and there but, but not too much and then nick gill started talking about chris wilder of all people and, and we just had to throw that rule out the window the censorship was it was impossible to censor i was, on my, be like I was on my best 20 second beep that's what the so people want nick huh nick he, I, I actually think he's a fucking piece of shit why is he talking about Jurgen Klopp being selfish? Worry about your own fucking team. I like so him. Huh? I like him. One win, 14, <laughs> one win and 14 losses, and, and Slavin Village loses his job. What? One draw, not even a win. One draw. Yeah, they're yeah, on. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's over a third of the way through the season. So right now, Wilder's on, on course for three points this year. Yeah, exactly. Anyone, anyone who has beef with Jurgen Klopp has beef with me too. All right, so he can go fucking stuff. He should have shut his mouth. All right, you call the the best manager in the world selfish because he wants to make five substitutions. Really, how many how many players has he signed though? He this isn't some championship team. Half of those guys are fucking he paid top money for that Sandra Burke guy. He's paid a lot of guy. He's paid a lot of money, and then he said he should actually want the five substitutions because all all his guys are dog shit. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, fuck fuck Chris Wilder. That's fine. It's only going to get worse as well. I've seen their schedule. I don't even know where the wind's coming from. So uh, next time he wants to open his mouth. Honestly, well, that's I watched the game, like the their last game against Man U, and again on uh, 
on this fucking on the zone and tim sherwood's talking about oh that's why you know look how good man you are that's why you have to play all the attacking players and it's yeah. like no they just played fucking sheffield they played like statistically the worst team of all time up to this point and they yeah. still can see the two fucking goals because man used trash and always a, a joke of a manager right conlon <laughs> that's uh Chris yeah. Wilder got into it with uh, with Ole on the on the sideline as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, it, was a, it was a nothing foul. It was a yeah. nothing foul. He was he was pointing at Ole not to reprimand him, but he's just telling him, "I've got one point in the league. I've got one point." Efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> we could just convert this into a uh, a Chris Wilder hit podcast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I support that. I like Chris Wilder. I don't like. I understand why Nick doesn't. Sort of, I guess, but. Like, you know, he's a local, he's a local yeah. lad from Sheffield leading his childhood team up from league one to the premier league. Everybody, he should have been manager of the year last year, not Klopp as well. Nick, if they had him yeah. tanked at the end. Maybe they were pretty <laughs> bad from like, even July. then. Yeah. But they're a championship squad, right? Like, you know, it's the opposite of Newcastle. Newcastle's actually got a decent premier league squad championship manager at best. They've got premier league manager championship squad. While there should have been manager of the year last year, not Klopp. Are you out of your mind? Like, <laughs> fucking, wait, he got to an eighth place finish? If Klopp had that team, he would not have done as well as Wilder. Mate, John Fleck would be a fucking starter for Scotland, all right? All these guys are, trust me, it's not even close. He got lucky because no one figured out this stupid 5 3 2 bullshit. Yeah, just... he's, getting, he's getting exposed now. All right? That's what's happening he... with Leeds, too, to be fair, this season. Everyone's saying Bielsa is so good. Oh, it's they're just this year's Sheffield, and they're doing way shittier anyway. Yeah, the thing the thing about Bielsa is minus that Rodrigo guy, all of those guys, and maybe the goalie, all those guys are from Championship players, so he's actually getting the best out of them. Uh, Wilder though, <clears throat> he spent. I think he's angry at Klopp because we sold Ryan Brewster for twenty four million pounds. Yeah. I think that's why he's angry because he's actually dog shit. So <laughs> he is dog shit. He is, yeah, I agree with exactly. that. Well, they paid they paid oh. top price for him. So, and Oli McBurney, eighteen million pounds. He's got fucking six goals in two se- in two seasons. He's he's shite as well. Yeah. Um, he's 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 angry at the wrong person. But uh, yeah, should be up. angry at Brewster. Huh? Angry. He should be angry at Brewster. Just slap him around a bit. Walter should be angry at himself for fucking splashing <laughs> that much money out on average player. Who the fuck is Sander Berg? Like, who the, yeah, who the fuck is he? He looks like an know. American football player, six foot five. Like, what the fuck? Fucking idiot. <laughs> least, least Moussa. What, 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 what? Fucking 18 million pounds from Bournemouth. He You're looked good. Stupid, huh? He looked good. He looked good in the in the championship, though. I I think there's a lot of championship players who could step up. I thought he would. I'm very shocked by how bad he's well, been, to be honest. This has actually been a good year for like players stepping up from the championship, like Watkins on Aston Villa and such. But I think yeah. we're gonna have to keep it. Uh, we're gonna have to keep the Chris Wilder talk to another episode. We're gonna yeah, don't worry. Wait, wait, wait till he picks up another loss. Where maybe Richard and Nick. We'll, we'll have to wait and have an episode where Richard and Nick debate Chris oh, Wilder. Fucking seven-year-old prick. The same tracksuit every fucking game. Maybe maybe change your top and you might win it. Maybe it's a ritual. Should we end this off with uh, a couple more bold predictions? Uh, I'll ask the questions and you guys can answer. There's what was Ad- Ad- what were Adian's predictions? Sorry to cut you off. No, no Ad- What were Adian's predictions? Oh, um, um, I, I saw with Syria. Um, for Premier League, I, I don't know, man. I fucking Leeds winning it. Just <laughs> okay. Okay. can we mute Adi, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. It's 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 like a in terms of like Premier League, it's. it's 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 weird because they're all really close. So I don't know. Um, so since Addy just went on and answered the question <laughs> without 
Yeah. No, no, he's, he's going to cheer for Liverpool because of his Albanian boy, Jordan Shakiri, right? The first. Fair enough. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm fairly impartial to it all. Um, I, I, it's going to be a toss up. I can't, I can't specifically say it's, it's, it's a weird case where they're, every team's going to drop a shitload of points. It's going to be like a low, it's going to be a low scoring win, in my opinion. Whoever's so we're gonna tr- win the league, it's gonna be we're like trying to figure out who we think is gonna win the Prem and then the Euros and then and then for Addy specifically Serie A. Serie A, yeah. Um, so in terms of uh, in terms of Serie A, um, so AC Milan are top the table, which is fucking exciting. Uh, we've been oh, really? a banter, we've been a banter league team forever. Like we're like, oh, just a cuss, like just short of the Champions League spots. Like, well, oh, 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 like fuck you, just just some shitty teams that have nothing to fight for. Where it's like they, they, they've just fucked us in the past. So we're top of the league. I don't think we have the bench power to win it. Um, I hope we do. I, I definitely want to do, but we're down like a point. We've drawn the last two games. Um, I, my weird, bold prediction for Serie A is Roma is going to win it. They're playing really well. And I'm, 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 I'm impartial to Roma. Like, I don't, I don't mind them as much. They're decent. They're not a bad team. Um, so that's like my bold prediction. And actually, I want AC Milan to win it. Um, in, terms of, in terms of the Euros... I don't know. I can't. This is this will be like our, our random predictions. No thinking. Fair Just enough. Um, okay, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Portugal. Mm. Interesting. No back way. to back. That would be for how terrible they were when they won last time. That'd be impressive. <laughs> and no order to this. Just say it. who do you think? I'm gonna go France. with France. I think France is unbeatable. Mm. Yeah, France. Germany, if they fire low beforehand, if not, France. Yeah. I think three words, Ingerland. <laughs> 50 years of hurt, it's coming to an end. I think it's 60 now, Richard. But does it, who's counting? Yeah, it is 60. Yeah. Almost 60, yeah. Dumb guy, best, eh? best striker in Europe, Harry Kane, leading the Defense, line. Defensive striker. Best, yeah, defensive striker. He's second now. Firmino's better now. I think he's overtaken him. <laughs> uh, got, a lot, got a lot of faith in Dumbgate, eh? You really think Dumbgate? No. Uh, I don't know. England won't win. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it'll be France, though, either. Hmm. I, I haven't really thought about it all. Spain. Did Spain? Spain just battered Germany. Maybe let's say Spain. Who's Spain's striker right now? Torres. Uh, the fake, the fake one. Oh, the city. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. playing striker for them. Yeah. Oh wow. I think he got a hat trick as well against Germany. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh wow. Don't they yeah, have that guy from Bilbao? Could also. Yo, can like, someone explain to Valencia. me what the fuck the Nations League is? What is that? In three seconds. No. Three... Okay, good. I'll leave it then. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's unexplainable. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to look past Spain, especially when, you know, they, they're so deep in, like, every position. They seem pretty good. Um, I mean, Belgium, though. You got mm. Lukaku, and then you've got Benteke, and then you've got Origi, <laughs> and you've got Bashwai. I feel like we've said uh, that this the past eight years. <laughs> yeah, it's just no, it's been mean, this Belgian golden generation's chance for, like, four tournaments. Yeah, like, at some point, they're just going to run out. Is Hazard playing? He's not playing, is he? No, he's playing. Thorgan Hazard. Thorgan Hazard. Yeah, Thorgan Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the Ian other Hazard's... one? Killian? 
Yeah. Killian. I think he uh, I think he cleans boots for us. <laughs> Honestly, I think England would have a chance if Southgate didn't fucking overthink everything and also like exclude, you know, players like Grealish in favor of some, you know, like fucking Rashford. <laughs> Yo, Conlon, defend your plenty man. Of room, plenty of room for both. Grealish Rashford is twice the player that Rashford, that Rashford will ever be. Grealish can also kind of play through the middle, which I didn't – I have to admit, I didn't watch the most recent Nations League games that everyone is so obsessed about. But okay, no one knows I don't know where, Exactly. I, I don't know where Grealish plays. Does he play through the middle? He can play through the middle. Rashford can play on the left. Fuck yeah. Sterling. He doesn't score anyways. England don't have a midfielder who can pass. They need John Joe Shelby. England do look really deep with like Barkley and Madison and all these other players that could yeah. come in. It's weird that Mason Mount should play in the. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, Mason Mount as well. Like he could be attacking. He works hard. But he's been but playing then... more like a box to box role for Chelsea lately, right? Like he actually could yeah. be like the you know. So like... he could fit into the middle then. Yeah, he could be the, you know, alongside I don't know, uh, fucking Declan Rice. will probably he'll probably go with Declan Rice and Mason Mount his... with him. Who was his yeah, best but... friend? Really? Yeah, they go on vacations together. They they post oddly romantic videos together. <laughs> Declan Rice's father is a season ticket holder at Chelsea. It's it's in the stars for them to never be apart. For better, English footballers worse. love doing stuff together. Of, like, like no matter what football. it is, playing football. But uh, I mean, they don't Foden seem to like that too much. Yeah, yeah, Master oh, yeah. thing. But um, I don't know what, what it what is. My point, what my point was going to be is that Southgate won't play with a ten, you know. But no. but if he did, if he put Grealish there, if he and and actually like opened up the cam roll, then maybe Kane wouldn't have to come back so much, and he could actually stay up and and just score goals instead of yeah. dropping deeper and deeper. So with all this England talk, not one of you has actually predicted that they're going to win this. <laughs> I'll, I'll, go my notes I'll, say, I'll say they'll win. I'll say they'll win despite Southgate because yeah, he's. I think he's. He's gotten some plaudits, which are deserved, but I think he tends to overthink it, and he plays too conservatively at times. You know, who starts at center back for England? Oh God, in Harry and Aaron Wan-Bissaka, <laughs> as we talked about. Which, times. in fairness, Maguire has a massive head. You'd think he'd be great. <laughs> at, you know, he must have a huge brain in there, right? Yeah, it must. makes sense that like I would start him as well. You just look at the size of his fucking head. Right, he must be very intelligent. He can probably head the ball quite well, but it turns out he's just very bad at playing soccer, unfortunately. Declan Rice not... should be playing center back. I don't actually consider that. Yeah, just, just watch them walk out with Eric Dyer and Declan Rice at center back. What God. would the world think? It'll be if they saw it'll that? be Dyer McGuire. Which... You think mm. Dyer? It'll be Dyer I mean... McGuire. I think. Who else? Dyer basically forced his way into being a center back now. Just told everyone, it's like, center back is my position. Don't play me anywhere else. But you know what? I have faith in Mourinho. I don't think Mourinho would. I think, like, Mourinho knows a good player. He knows a good player, and it is working for them right now. He wanted to sign him at United, but I I think he wanted to sign him as a midfielder, though. Also, he wanted to sign Deli Alley, though. So I don't know. Or apparently, Fergie told him. They should play Ben Mee, Tarkowski, and Nick Pope. Keep it simple. I agree with that. Just fucking what hoof it up the pitch too. What That's what England needs to do more. Up and coming young young lad John Stones. Yeah. Well, Stones has been playing for City lately, hasn't he? Like, he might actually force himself back into contention because 
Southgate will never look outside of like top top four teams or top six as it's now called. Fifty million they pay for that prick. Can you believe it? He's on. I wouldn't even pay ten quid for him. Shit. You know. You know why he's looked good because he he has Fernandinho and Rodri in front of him, like two DMs. It's not yeah. just one. And uh, he plays with who that Diaz guy and Edison and goal. He's overrated stunts. I remember they used to play him in defensive mid for Christ's sake. Jesus he, Christ. He was useless last season. Like he couldn't even get in the team. It yeah. wasn't even on the bench. That's Fernandinho why I don't know why you play every game. I don't know why players go to these teams, right? He could have stayed at Everton. Actually, he, you know, he'd be starting all this time. He's wasted two years of his career. He sat on the fucking bench at City. And yeah, you're going to have a nice trophy. On... Yeah, the money. Yeah, fair enough. I just want to say about the Euros, I, like, obviously, like, it's, it's, I don't know how we can look past France. It'd be nice if England did well. I, like, maybe not for a winner, but I just want to see what the Netherlands do. Um, because the Netherlands crash was so fantastic. <laughs> And like they, they come out with like a, like a team that I really like a, with a bunch of players that I really like. Like if Van Dyke can come back and be as fantastic as he's been, I think he who's who's in their back line. Oh my god, I, I was gonna I say Patrick Van right. Hall, Stefan De Vries, Matthias De Litt, Nathan Nathan Ake, Van Arnold. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I shouted. I shouted out Patrick Van Anholt for you. <laughs> and for you me, that's a legend. I think, like, I think Netherlands is just going to be a team that you're, I'm, I'm really going to enjoy. Uh, Isn't their I don't know, manager they might... useless? I don't know if Frank DeBoer is. Frank is it Frank DeBoer? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Between their back line, Memphis Depay, Bergwine from Tottenham, I really like. I mean, like, he, he runs past every Chelsea player, so, I mean, can't, he must be good enough. Um, but, yeah, I, I want to see Netherlands. Uh, I want to see as many matches of Netherlands this, uh, this summer, if it comes to pass, because they've been uh, – They've been a nothing team for a little while now. Would uh, would Giroud be striker for France in the Euros? Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. At this rate, I, yeah. like I love Giroud. But... If he keeps starting for Chelsea too, he's the only one of he's the only player of consequence in in our front three. Like he's the only one that seems to be like seems to have any initiative going forward. Timo Werner's super fast, but I think we've seen in the past 12 games that he has no creativity on the wing. If he if he's not running onto a ball, he can't get past anything. Christian Pulisic has glass knees and ankles and elbows and that. Like, he can't be on a pitch more than 80 minutes at a time, and then he's out for the next three weeks. I think Lampard needs to sit down Tammy Abraham, like Clockwork Orange style, and like pin his fucking eyelids up and just make him watch every game that Giroud's ever played in his entire career. Cause that's how Tammy should be playing. T- Tammy's playing like a player that is so stressed about like what his future is going to be and not what he should be doing at the moment. He should like, be stressed about his future. His he... hairline is so fucking high. It's just going to keep fading. <laughs> I'd be stressed about the future too. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> Speaking of all this Premier League talk, that was going to be my next question. Who do we all think is going to win the Prem? It's the tightest race we've all seen in a while. So let's just throw around some names. Uh, Liverpool, for me, is still the favorites until someone takes them down. We already got taken down by Aston Villa, and that shit will never happen again. Normal service will be resumed. We're never going to lose again. Nick, you look like you're like running a fucking hostage video with your mask <laughs> on like that, and like it's all dark. This yeah, looks like a terrorist... Did- the kids are screaming in the background. So I have to sit in the car. That's the rule for the podcast. Like, <laughs> no, the loud shit they can hear in there, but you guys can hear in the background. So I flee. Chris Wilder, I have three demands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Liverpool are fucked. 
without Van Dijk. We're fine. We got fucking Fabinho. Fabinho's the fucking second best defender in the league, mate. Best centre back in the league. And <laughs> Van Dyke. And he's not even a fucking defender. Men like men you have a shot. Like if they're gonna win, and if men you win the title in the next five years, it has to be this season. Because Liverpool are fucked, City are underperforming. I think what Man you have a game in hand and are four points off. So if they win their game in hand, they're one point behind the leaders. Do uh, we really think Jose Mourinho leaves a club without a title? He I, did yeah. literally. I mean, I think I think Spurs will win. I think yeah, but Manu doesn't count. We meant like big yeah, Manu like only. yeah. He he came into Manu and Manu was a broken team and they didn't give him the team that he wanted to succeed. Like Manu Manu's broken from from the top to the bottom. But like you guys keep talking about how open the open the league is. Is Mourinho just less, like how, I don't know what seasons he's been with a team that he has like he hasn't won anything in three years does the Europa League count for Man United or is that no, like a, no. it, trophy, is it, it only counts if Newcastle ever win it which won't happen anyway you won the entry total cup you're good yeah that was that was the greatest moment of my lifetime Nick that picture <laughs> of Scott Parker holding the like I don't know like, <laughs> certificate that they give yeah. you or whatever it's not even a trophy legendary. it was literally a fucking but, certificate but uh, but yeah, no, Mourinho, I think, could lead Tottenham to win it. It's like hard to imagine it because like Liverpool against Tottenham were back to their kind of like almost like mechanical best where they're just like able to push and push and push and and, and get the win. But then, you know, just the way this season looks with all these like crazy results and Liverpool are already not winning five games – it seems like it could be a season of a lower points title. And in those seasons, what you have to do is like beat the teams in the middle. And I think Tottenham are, are pretty well equipped to beat the teams in the middle. Except for Palace. Son and Kane stay fit. Yeah, Son and Kane is the well, best attacking duo in Europe. I don't I mean, know. About I, think, that. I think they're what, well, like nine? Duo, I think maybe. they're nine goals off of Lampard and Drogba's uh, combined goal total, uh, which they're going to uh, beat within the year. They're one behind. Uh, Shira and what's his name at Blackburn for the season. Mm. Yeah, Sutton and Shira was like 13 for the season. I think they're at 12 now for the season. So unless like one of them fucking gets hit by Jack Grealish drunk driving, like they're (laughs) I think they're gonna I think they're gonna beat it. We should talk about that too. Grealish is like he drives like like that was bad. Yeah, like he's playing like Grand Theft Auto or something. He's like (laughs) just like backing into cars and driving like an idiot. It's, could, it's really strange to watch. He could not only buy an Uber, he could like literally buy a fucking car, get them to drive it over to him, and then drive him home for less than a week's wages. Like, there's no, you know, I don't understand that. Like, like, why do you even want to fucking drive? Pay somebody to drive you, and you can get as pissed as you want all day. So we have two Liverpool and two Spurs predictions. I, I would also say uh, I fucking hate Spurs, but I kind of like Mourinho. So this prediction is, is based on uh, I, I really do think they're going to win it as much as I fucking really don't want them to. I think we're missing Conlon and Addy's predictions. Oh, God. I know what I want to say. I just don't know if I can believe it myself. Just say it. Well, you know, we only have objective state. We only make objective statements in this chat. You know, nothing's exactly. born of passion here. Nothing's emotional. Right. Conlon, just say it. Cold and clinical. Ole at the wheel, we're going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
don't even believe that. That's what we need. You can't even say it with a straight face. Who, who needs Pochettino? Who needs Pochettino? You can't it's even fine. say it with a straight face. <laughs> I'll just keep saying we have that game in hand until we actually play it, which at this point, hopefully never. So I can just keep saying who, that. Who did the game in hand against? B- Burnley, I think. Burnley or Villa. Burnley's Burnley. exactly the type of team that would trip up Manu. Because Manu is so any, reliant on counter Any team, any day is exactly the type of team that would trip us up. But also, uh, United can beat any team. No, Manu, Manu are just fucking... They're exactly how you play on FIFA. Just counter And I can I beat you sometimes. So Come yeah. yeah, how but, many times have you beaten me in FIFA over the past two years? One well, year? I don't I don't know because I don't have the uh it doesn't so keep track after. Yeah. So no. So idea. in twenty one on PS five, he's at least uh you I believe you have zero wins against me in at least ten matches. Um I just wanna we should just start writing these down. That doesn't have it doesn't have it on mine. So But the the point I was making is that they play Menu plays the way that they would if you managed them, Conlon. Like shit. No, just kidding. They counterattack, right? They, that's yeah, why they've I mean, got that... 10, 10 wins on the row away from home because they can only counterattack. When they're gonna like when they play Burnley, Burnley are just gonna park the bus and you're not gonna be able to break them down. I mean, that's when you basically need Fernandez to have like a great game. And then yeah. it is it is pretty it's pretty awful to watch when we have the games where we're trying to break a team down and he's not having a good game because then it's just like there is literally nothing you can do. And that was what United was like before, except we didn't have Fernandez. But now there's a chance that he can just find something out of nothing at least. I like I like that Collins' prediction for Man United winning the league is that Bruno can find something out of nothing. So they're gonna win the title this year. <laughs> Addy, what's your Addy. what's your prediction? Um, so I'm gonna have to go with the uh, the best um, uh, the best striking duo in the Premier League, uh, Trey Adams so. and Danny Ings. <laughs> Southampton. <laughs> I'm yeah, going Southampton. That. That's a bold prediction, Adam. I love, I love this. Love yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's really good. Do you put a bet on that? <laughs> I mean, I don't put know. Your man. Mo- put your money where your mouth is. Go on, go on your little gambling app. Or on bet three six five. Yeah. No, don't. No names. We need sponsors. <laughs> That is a gambling app of choice and put a bet on that, Addy. Sure. Yeah. That is a great way to I'll head play, out I'll of this podcast time, because we're getting to be like 90 minutes and that's a lot for me to edit. Are you doing predictions? <laughs> yeah, Nick, what was yours? No, I meant like the uh, predictions for the weekend. Not this time because there's too many people. No. no. I think... Uh... I, I just tallied up the scores. Though. I calculated all the scores. Christian oh, don't won the you... random one. He got the most uh, random we... ones, right? And um, I think, hang on, I gotta get the sheet again. He got, uh, he got. I think he got seven points for the random ones. He fucking aced it. Not bad, wow. not bad. Yeah, it's, he got seven. I don't know if he fucking knows these teams, but uh... Uh, my Premier League predictions were awful. They must have been awful. I was looking at the scores and thinking of what I said. It was just terrible. As soon as Newcastle scored a goal after two minutes, everyone, I knew we, I was we, fucked over the weekend. We, we all did shit on the other one. So Addy, on that on Addy's prediction, we'll get out of here because it's been a while. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and thanks everyone for also listening and appearing on the podcast. Uh, it's been great. It's been a great way to end the year and uh, stay tuned because 2021 will have more episodes where all of our bold predictions are going to come true. So for everyone here at soccer group chat, thanks for listening.